Hello, welcome back to the Real Professional Podcast, the Dread X Collection Collection, our secret 11th episode that I wasn't talking about before because uh, it uh, might, might spoil some stuff. Uh, we're we're going to not get into too many spoilers today, but we are talking with someone very special uh, today. We're talking with uh, voice actor Leo Wiggins, who is the voice of the character within the Dread X Collection. Uh, so if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, that, this is the episode for you. Um it's it's pretty cool because uh, we're at the point now where people are getting their hands on it, and the first comment I usually get is, "Who is that wonderful voice actor with a silky smooth voice that is doing the the, the fantastic horror narration?" And uh, I figure we should shoot a pod to uh, get a chance to talk to him. So, in case you didn't know, the Dreadx Collection is our collection of ten indie games from ten creators made in just seven sleepless nights. It's coming out on May 26th, which by the time this goes live is either like tomorrow or yesterday. Uh, but uh, yes, and uh, some streamers are starting to play it now. Some reviews are starting to trickle in about it. And uh, I, honestly, I'm just really excited for everyone to be able to get their hands on it. Um, and uh, you can find it on Steam for just seven bucks. Uh, we're also probably going to have an itch.io page go up. Itch.io, however you pronounce it. I just say itch.io. Uh, and uh, yeah, so you can buy it for PC. Uh, and uh, let us know what you think. It's only seven bucks, and two dollars of that goes to Doctors Without Borders, and it's about ten hours of gameplay, uh, maybe even more for seven bucks. So it's a great value. Ten completely different games, uh, very strong showing here. We did uh, our previous ten episodes with the ten developers. You can go into our podcast library and listen to those all on DreadXP.com uh, or, or SoundCloud if you feel like not giving us clicks. Which you know, whatever. If you don't want to give us clicks, it's fine. That's that's up to you. Anyways. Uh, let's just get into this. So, DJ, drop that sick I'm doing so well. Thanks for asking. Good, good. And, uh, you know, if uh, anyone's played the Dreadx Collection yet, they'll recognize your voice from the myriad of performances you gave in uh, that game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, hopefully it's a, it's a positive kind of flash of familiarity and, and not terrible screams and nightmares. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Roy is joined by uh, Jesse over here, who will probably ask if he likes dinosaurs. <laughs> hey, it's Justin. Do you, do you like do you like dinosaurs? Let's get that out of the way. Listen, I've always been very publicly pro dinosaur. I think they're swell, swell, and I, I just think that they need the the right to vote. I know it's it's outrageous, but I I think it's true. See, there you go, Jesse. That's probably the best answer you've gotten to that question so <laughs> yeah, far. Yeah, for real. Um, all right, that's all the questions I got. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> um. So, uh, Leo, uh, but where, where else might people know your voice from? Well, uh, most recently I was the uh, voice of Receiver 2, the sort of gun simulator crazy psycho uh, action thing game. Um, I was in the Blair Witch. I was in AFK Arena, Heroes of New Earth, um, and others. Uh, yeah. You're in Heroes of New Earth? I am. I'm the deranger. Uh, <laughs> with the 
sassy armor. It's it's that was a very silly role to record. But yes, I am in Heroes of New Earth. God, I haven't heard about that game in in years. I remember I played it back in uh, college, but I I don't remember much of it because that was uh, what we call the Dark Ages of Ted back when he was most like you know when Darth Vader like he's more machine than man. Right, I was right. at that time more alcohol than human at the point. Uh, so yeah, but uh, I remember losing a lot of games at it because I wasn't terribly good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, actually the Blair Witch Connection is uh, how I how I met you because uh, we. Um, my my girlfriend works for a bloober team and yeah. uh she was like i know this guy he's really great and he delivers very quickly and uh here's here's his info and then i hit you up and you were like i pride myself on delivering quickly and i yeah. was like let's see and then you delivered quickly and i was like wow this is great it's all it's all coming together <laughs> it's lovely when like i mean i mean i know and this is this is maybe lifting the veil a bit in the into the world of voice acting but like my my role in a game albeit important in the player's experience is such a small part of the mechanism of building a game like i know that there are one million fires to put out at any given moment and if i if i can just be easy to work with i i feel like i'm doing uh doing well by my lovely people who choose to hire me (laughs) yeah so i'm actually this is this is fun to talk about because i i used to do um People that have known me for a long time know that I used to do uh, film stuff, like film uh, journalism. And uh, it's like the difference between interviewing an actor versus interviewing a voice actor is so different because like actors have this like kind of dramatism about them and they're, but voice actors, it's like, Hey, how did you make sure that, you know, the, you had a good relationship with the creators? And they're like, well, I, I showed up on time and I did my job. <laughs> and like, it's like, it's just like, there's like so much less drama in that, in that realm of doing things and um it but it also requires uh there's a lot of room for like creativity in how you voice something but at the end of the day it's it's a lot of it is like i don't actually have like a visual necessarily character reference for a lot of the lines that i'm i'm doing so like i might have some kind of visual character reference but like a lot of it is trying to figure out the the headspace of that character without actually being able to like physically act it out with another actor because uh right Right. It's always easier when you have another actor to play off of to get in that headspace, but trying to do it all yourself in a sound booth takes some takes some work. It it definitely takes some practice. Um, and the other thing that I find is is I, I have peers obviously who are on camera, but like if you think about the way that praise and validation works, if you're appearing visibly, uh, I, I get the impression that there's a little bit more ego in the like on camera, like legit quote unquote actor world. Because a lot of my friends who are voice actors, like even the ones who are now in like Final Fantasy and like My Hero Academia, they are still the most humble, down to earth, super rad people who just like because they can walk down the street and never be recognized. So they go out into their world and they're nobody to most people. So it's I I feel like there's something very grounding about this career that I've found refreshing because I know (laughs) no matter how popular I get. I don't really have to worry about like, well, like, dang, I can't go to Trader Joe's anymore. Yeah. yeah, the only time people are really going to recognize someone is like in anime conventions or something like right, that. Right, right. A person right. has a huge following. Um, <laughs> like, I remember I was uh, at uh, PAX South and the voice actor for Leon was there. And oh, some of the Resident cool. Evil nerds were like, oh, that's the voice for Leon. And I was like, <laughs> I don't fucking have any idea who that is, you know? Like, I've played every single game and I don't know. 
I mean, and at this point, there are maybe like five or six voice actors that like, you know, someone might go, oh, that's Troy Baker or like, oh, that's Nolan North. But they get a lot of like face screen time. And that's the top. Like, that's not even that is such a small minority of voice actors as a whole. There are people who I've heard my entire life that if they were like next to me in line, I'd be thinking about some voiceover topic and I could just talk to them about it. But I have no idea. Right. Yeah. No, I feel you. I am. Um... Yeah, I think that uh, uh, most of the, the voice actors that even get like super famous, like e- even if you, it, it's not, it's only they're only famous uh, outside of the work that they do when they become an outside of work personality. Like Troy Baker will like right. make vines yeah. now or whatever, and like put them out. And I don't want to say vines because vines aren't a thing anymore. What are the new <laughs> things? The TikToks? Did he makes quibbies. Is quibby still a thing or did it die already? Net, Netscapes. He 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 <laughs> asks Jeeves. Jeeves. He, he asks Jeeves. Yeah. But uh, he makes little videos and he, he puts them out there. And like, that's how I know what Troy Baker actually looks like, which is funny because I've actually met him a couple times and I had no idea who he was just like oh, at wow. various E3 events. And uh, now I'm like, oh, that's that's Troy Baker. Oh, OK. Because um, like you said, like also a lot of times, too, like the guy that voices Goku isn't right. walking around talking like Goku all the time. You know? Right, 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 right. He <laughs> just like goes to the store. Wouldn't that be great, though? <laughs> yeah, but like wouldn't that maybe he should. Maybe you should. Maybe the world would be just that much better. Sean Schimmel, I think. Uh, God, that would be so fantastic if he was, you know, at the grocery store. He's like, where are the Cocoa Pops? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that would probably make the world just a little bit brighter. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, so uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Something about fame and voice acting and stuff like that. <laughs> so these questions are going to be weird. It's like, cause the rest of the, the pods was like, you know, I didn't actually like, so for the other 10 games, like other than to say the premise, like of the, 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 the Dreadx collection and to like hire everyone and like make sure that their games got done on time. Like it was their creative process. But for you, like I wrote the game. <laughs> yeah. So you were mostly, uh, I am probably more of an intimate relation, working relationship with you than any of the other guys. Uh, because we were going back and forth like day after day, getting all the, the, the notes right. That was fast turnaround. I mean, like, again, I mentioned, like, I do, I pride myself in getting the work done as quickly as is possible to deliver a really quality product. But, like, it was, it, it was refreshing because there are times when, like, working with Bloober Team, I would, like, get them the audio the next day. And they had so many things to work on. I didn't get feedback until, like, a week or two later. And then I would get, you know, that, that sort of timeline with you, there was really like, it was like four days and four iterations. <laughs> like it was yeah. wild, but yeah, a lot of fun. Usually I got the notes. I got the lines in the morning and then I would send you back notes and then, uh, you would either get me back more that day or the next day. <laughs> and we had all of it done. Um, we actually just re-recorded one line recently and that was like taking a little bit longer because of, uh, the games releasing, but, um, yeah, we got it, all of it done pretty quickly. Yeah. I think you know. it was seven pages of dialogue that we got done in four days, something like that. <laughs> Easy. Simple. Simple. Just get it just <laughs> knock it out, bro. Get it done real quick. Um But the the cool thing is is that uh well, well you, you voice all of the characters in the game. Um which uh you know was was uh, a conscious decision on our part, and this is the point where we're gonna uh have to start at least discussing a little bit of, of the story. Cause um well, uh, your character is is the narrator of the game, basically. Right. And uh, you had to get in the headspace, though, of 10 different 
uh, basically iterations of 10 different characters. So people might not even realize that it's actually you in every single voice line. Yeah, I, I feel like people who have an ear for it will pretty quickly recognize, you know, depending on which ones they play and hear first. You know, like if someone goes through and listens to all 10 before they play a game, um, I, I think that'll be one experience. I, I really anticipate that a lot of people just won't get it. And they'll be like, man, I can tell it's the same guy. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, say something mean on YouTube or something. It, and it's fine. It's fine. It's art. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is that I, I did worry a little bit that people wouldn't get it, but also, uh, I think that's the nature of trying to make something that's a little bit meta is that like yeah. a lot of people are going to get it at first. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing these hands-on one-on-ones with like a lot of the press and the influencers just to like, you know, show them the different elements. And this is actually pretty common for games is to be like, Hey, you know, here's the game, here's what to look for, et cetera. Right, right. Um, and good lord, are people fucking idiots? Like, oh my god, it's so people are so dumb. Like, I, I they're like, I couldn't figure out how to launch the games. I'm like, you click on the thing that's bright red because we now have like flashing bright red indicators of like where to click. Wow. And they're like, how was I supposed to know that? I was like, are you, how did you get dressed this morning? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's 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 getting a, a little bit annoying trying to deal with the 17 messages I get a day of people being like, I couldn't figure out how to like one of them was like what's the button that i use to open drawers in this game i was like it's e they're like how was i supposed to know that and i was like okay well first off it's in the instructions and secondly uh it's that's that's the button you use to open drawers in every game and they're like i've never seen that before i'm like are you fucking kidding me that's like literally every game uses e to interact or f one of those two and they're like no i've never run into that i'm like have you played a video game they're like listen i haven't played any video games at all but yeah. i have some feedback uh i'm not in the world and i'm not feeling anything and i don't understand <laughs> my character got shot and i am not bleeding what is happening this like, is weird you should have you should have made this game with uh people who have phineas gauge style injuries in mind like that's just common <laughs> knowledge oh my god no we we did like so now we're at the point where there's a button that you can push that in case the giant flashing lights aren't enough for you, will literally put text on the screen that tells you where to click in order to how and like how to select games. Like it was, it's so like we basically have a like an I can't like I'm I'm just too dumb button. How do, we, uh, how do you know? How do you know which which button is the I'm too dumb button? You got to have another button for that one. Yeah, well, you have to go into the menu and then click instructions, which I know is gonna. Trip some people up because like, well, how did I know the instructions were in the menu? It's like, what are you? Are you just like sitting there drooling, staring at the screen, waiting for like the the things to happen without any of your input? Like, do you have no ability to like delve deeper into this this process? Like, oh my god, it's so it's so frustrating. Look, I mean, there's also there there's no winning in this situation either, though, because I know like I as a voice actor who works in video games, I talk to a lot of game devs, and I'll talk about like you know, scripting video games like you, you need to include voc- um, like dialogue options sometimes where like, let's say my player has to pick up a knife before I leave the room. If the player tries to leave the room, I have to say, I mean, they can just keep them from doing it. But oftentimes they'll have me as the actor say something like, oh, I should probably get a knife before I leave. You know, like something that tells the player, no, 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 get a knife first. But then people will like review the game poorly and they're like, these dialogue options don't seem realistic. And it's like, yeah, but we got to, we have to make it good for 80% of people, you know, like we have to try. 
See, that's the, the, the one criticism I had about uh, uh, the, the Blair Witch game um, when this was like right when I met Barbara before we started dating. So I could still uh, I was actually still <laughs> trying to date her. So I was lying up my ass about the game. But uh, we, we had gotten to the point where we were close enough uh, that I could be like, OK, here's a couple of the problems that I had. Um, and uh, it was that, you know, it, it was way too quick between like when you found an item to when they were telling you what to do. And they're like they, you would pick up a VHS tape. And the character would be like, I should put this in my player and then right. play it back. Right. And uh, I was like, yeah, I could figure that out. And she was like, no, 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 don't. Like, we <laughs> we tried to let the player figure it out, and it went right. terribly. If we waited 30 seconds to give that voice line as opposed to, um, like, uh, the 10 seconds that they did, people were, like, getting angry. And I was like, are you testing your game with toddlers? She's like, no, gamers, it's even worse. And I was like, oh, that's right. Do you want uh, do you remember that uh, Half-Life episode uh, two? There's like a like a like a spider ant labyrinth mm-hmm. or like tunnel that you have to go through for part of it. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Newell said that that part was originally like actually a maze, or not even a maze. There was just like if you if you didn't do it right, you would just go in a circle. Like you had to know to turn around and look at the look behind you so you could see a, a hidden tunnel. And people would just go in circles for hours or, or like, so, so they had to take that out. Uh, I, I know that we're always shitting on the absolute stupidity of gamers. That's the end of the thought. Yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, I, I'm having people that are complaining, like when they start one of the games, they're like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, have you tried like walking around the room? Cause it like the game that they were talking about where they couldn't figure out what to do was hand of doom, which you literally, you start off looking at a gate and you walk up to the gate and then a skeleton comes and opens the gate for you and teaches you the open gate spell. Spoiler alert. That's how you start the fucking game. And the guy was like, I can't figure it out. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, where do I go? And I was like, you walk forward to the place where the kid, like the game starts you looking at the direction of the door. You walk forward. He was like, how was I supposed to know that? I was like, what are you? Do you just need to know everything? Like, what is like? You can't figure shit out. I need to know. I need a mama bird to pre-digest a game and spit it into my mouth. Otherwise, I won't enjoy it. Otherwise, exactly. it's otherwise I'm just staring at the wall like I do in real life, just wondering how do I turn left in order to go down the hallway. It it, it is pretty. I mean, that's you 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 actually hit on a point there, which is that like some people can't figure out the like one person was like how do i move and i was like wasd and they're like oh i didn't know that and i was like what other what? options are there were you using your like keys on your keyboard like the up and down left and right oh, arrows right. like you're playing obviously one goes forward two turns around three <laughs> you know it's the one two three four five six seven method like obviously i'm more obviously. used to the uh, the qwerty method <laughs> q is forward w is left e is right R is strafe, T is left. Uh, but yeah, there's been some. So we are actually uh, considering um, recording more lines of uh, the character saying, you know, I should pick up that paper to see what the storyline for this video game is. But we went up with a little bit more of a subtle option of having it shine bright laser red so that people would know to <laughs> click on it, uh, which was the more subtle option. And uh, and then if you hover your mouse on it, it continues to shine bright red, and your mouse will shine red to let you know that you can click on it. Um, 
because otherwise people are just like, I'm way too dumb for this. And uh, anyways, uh, which actually makes more sense in the storyline anyways, uh, which, uh, yeah. So, um, God, what were we even talking about? Just how gamers are dumb, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Something about dread and collection, I guess. Yeah, I don't dread know. Uh, so Leo, how did, how did this job differ from some of the other uh, voice acting work you've done before, like receiver two? Well, yeah, I, it's, it's always, I mean, every, to be frank, like every game is a very different experience. Like sometimes there are some similarities, like there are certain indie developers who do a lot of like hidden object games that all feel very similar. But like, obviously I think the pace of this was pretty, was pretty drastic. I mean, I've done, I've done like six hour turnarounds where I got cast in the game and then was done recording it and was paid within like six hours. But that was like such a small role in that game. This was much more involved for how much I'm in this game uh, and still very quick, which was fun. It was definitely a roller coaster um, in all of the best ways and none of the bad ways. Um, it's also it's it's also a challenge because oftentimes, you know. Well, I don't want to say too much about the, the, the sort of plot of the game slash some of the details that people are going to experience either tomorrow or yesterday or whenever they hear this. (laughs) Uh, but there, there is an inherent challenge when you're voicing more than one voice or when you're providing more than one voice for a game where you want them to be different, but you don't want them to be caricatures, you know, like (laughs) you never want, if you, if you voice an old man character and you voice like a young boy character, you don't want the old man character to be such a caricature that it takes the player out of it. And oftentimes the emotional truth is more the thing that registers. Like it always blows me away when you see compilations of like, you know, Matthew Mercer providing additional voices for a game where he voices five or six NPCs, but they're so spread out. His voice is actually pretty similar, but it's the intentions that really kind of are, are the most important thing. Uh, this game doesn't have as much distance between the voices. <laughs> so, <laughs> There was there was a, a challenge there, but I also think that was the beauty of being able to communicate so quickly with you, because ultimately I was able to clarify kind of what your artistic vision was as the person sort of in charge. And then I could make sure that whatever I was delivering was what you wanted and not just letting everyone down. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I will say that, you know, from my side of this creative process, it was like um, I this is my first time uh, working on a project of this scale with a voice actor. I mean, I've worked with voice actors before, but this is my first time on uh, like a project like this. And so uh, like the, the, the ability to like get very back very like quickly with you and to like prioritize what we're doing. I think, uh, I think it's, it's one of the way we were able to get the reads that we wanted. Cause I got, so, I got pretty specific with, with the exact inflection I wanted on some of those reads. Yeah. 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 Probably the most specific one was, um, the one about the Sisyphus stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that one's going to be, um, and that's the thing is that all of these, uh, are supposed to be, and it's not even necessarily like they're all like dialogues. Some of them are like monologues. Some of them are supposed to be like transcripts of like emails and things like that. So it was, uh, like the inflection had to change pretty significantly between reads. I would say, oh, and we should clarify that you're liter- not literally all the voices in the game. You are all the voices except for one, which is very obviously not you. Yeah, um, yeah. 
which is uh, the at the very end. Um, you you don't quite have that vocal range to go to be the complete <laughs> opposite. Wouldn't that be like a left turn? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, man. Yeah, no, but I, I'm I'm glad to. Natalie Rowers is 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 a is a fantastic voice actress. So it was it was cool to be able to record with her. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm I, I it was cool to be able to kind of get her character out into this to this game as well because um, I mean the plan is to try to continue to keep this character these characters. Um, continuing on in future installments. So it was really important that we had the sense of, you know, this is what this character is. Um, and I know that this sounds confusing to anyone listening and being like, wait a second, he voice like 10 characters, but uh, yes, he, he does. But um, the, the character, if you piece it all together, the whole game all together, um, there should be hints as to what might happen in the next game. And that's about all I'll say. It's very difficult to discuss without like spoiling things. Right, right. Expansive. <laughs> I'm story. like, I'm like, listen, man, you take the you take the reins on that. <laughs> I I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we were when I was trying to describe to you the overall story, you were like, okay, uh, that sounds really cool, but how does like this it for each character? So I had to break down like basically each character's position in this larger right. thing. So. And uh, I think I think it turned out really well. I mean, like I said, the number one thing I keep getting from people is uh, this guy should uh, voice more horror games. So I guess we'll have to make more horror games. Voice. <laughs> oh, dang, man. <laughs> I, I actually had a friend recently ask, like, and this is a friend who's known me for like 20 years. And he's recently been over the last four or five years as I'm appearing in more and more games. He's like, it's really weird to hear my good friend's voice in video games. Like, that's strange. And I'm like, well, welcome to kind of my life too um but he was asking like so are you are you focusing on horror video games <laughs> because like with blair witch and receiver as kind of big games that i've voiced uh, it, it really does kind of feel like i'm falling into a niche and it's you know to a degree it's not intentional but it's fun it's a lot of fun because i think we all we enjoy the kind of darkness and the sort of like heavy tones are very dramatic and acting with a capital A in a way that's very like satisfying to, to get your teeth into. Um, so it, it, it's fun. And yeah, I, you, you mentioned before, like, you know, there might be more games in the future. And as you remember, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, can I say hell? Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. Right. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. Let's do it. Uh, fuck, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, only yeah, I'm even... not allowed to curse. Yeah, don't Every, you dare. Everybody else is fine, but me, I, I get punished. Yeah, well, <laughs> this, we're trying to set you up as the good boy of the, the, bad, the good cop, bad cop podcasting duo. We're all, we're <laughs> um, all trying our best. Yeah, um, what was I, something I was going to say, this happens every podcast, right? I slightly lose my train of thought because Jesse interrupts me because he's shit. Um no, he's not. He's he's wonderful. My uh, my uh, shock my shock my bad boy shock collar is going off right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's what you're saying about horror, which is that uh, it it's you know the the voice acting and being in a lot of horror games. It's because I, I believe that horror is one of the few genres uh, that really lends itself to deep character study. Like um, yeah, in in the video game market at least, because there's no like there's very few romantic comedy 
rom-com video games and even those are pretty like dumb even in films but there's like historical drama is like a is like an actor's uh what's it called genre historical genre uh, drama i'm gonna be mark antony in this and i'm, I'm gonna have a chance to shine or bill the butcher in gangs of new york is you know daniel day lewis but in the world of video games like those kinds of historical drama that level of like elevated media doesn't really exist so what you get is uh like action games where they feign at being uh very deep like you know call of duty always tries to have some kind of patriotic story that's always or stupid like assassin's creed <laughs> right right like you know the character if you think the character of Ezio de auditory is deep you're 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 incorrect <laughs> um but uh horror generally tries to like the the fundamental principle of horror is generally that there's something wrong with this character and that the world is they, they fit in with the world somehow because of this uh uh poor uh not i wouldn't say poor but their 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 maladjustment somehow relates to the story so you get characters that tend to be deeper to tend to be more flawed and you also have to have a greater range of performance because in call of duty you're either crying or you're shouting those are the two states or or high-fiving your buddies in the in the in the lounge before shit goes real fits up but in horror you have to reach these emotional highs that are they're pretty difficult to get to or i i often find that like in a lot of like the call of duty franchise for many years there was like the one jokey character who had this like really expressive kind of sense of humor and like sarcastic ride delivery and was really like vocally dynamic and then they would always like die tragically and yeah. the ones who remain at the end of the game are the sort of gruff and 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 i will say like gruff and monotonous and like kind of you know the sound of stubble whatever that is um <laughs> just and, and i don't mean that as any kind of like negative feedback on the actors parts that's it, it's what the game calls for um but definitely like by the end of the game it's like them and the villain and all of the other like very like varieties of tough sounding people uh and all the like nice fun voices were in the prologue and dead <laughs> dead now yeah exactly it's uh it, yeah they ha- they all have to have the most heroic death competition and the, the only guy that can be there at the end is is the the no nonsense great american guy that just it's like um i'm getting socialist here but uh <laughs> it's uh I always get really upset with that that paradigm because you can't actually have like complex narratives when your your good guy is like okay so a good example of this of what I'm trying to talk about here is uh, the Jesse what's the name of that stupid show with Office Jim as the CIA that would be Jack Jack Ryan Jack Ryan there we go. That's what I'm thinking of Jack Ryan. So Jack Ryan season two tries to do this thing where it shows that like there's members of the U S Senate that are corrupt and not everyone in the CIA is a good guy. And you know, his partner like cuts off someone's finger to like identify him later. And that's a bad thing to do. And like, okay, but that's, that's the thing is that, Oh, you're getting us the complexities of how sometimes the U S government doesn't always do good things, but it's all okay as long as Office Jim is good guy CIA. As long as the main character is the good, moral, upstanding, righteous one, then all the other bad stuff you do is is it's it's not okay. But there's this shining light. Like the CIA has never done a good thing in the entire existence of its of its like it, it exists to overthrow South American dictators. That's what it's there for. I know we're getting political, Leo. You don't have to agree with me or not. You can go ahead and play the fifth on this one. No this comment. 
this is the opinion <laughs> of the podcasters here. But like, basically, it's this idea that like it, it, it's 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 false. It's false uh, chastisement. It's like it's like a scapegoating of a straw man in order to justify the existence of the body as a whole. Like it, the CIA might overthrow South American dictators, and that's bad. We shouldn't do that anymore. But we got guys like Office Jim that are here to fight for truth, justice in the American way, and they're good guys. And it's like, but you create these artificial straw men so that you can then uh, say we're not those guys though. We're the good guys. And that's that's the action movie paradigm is that that's that's how you create, quote, complicated characters in an action movie. Whereas the the horror space, like you're never going to see an action movie where it turns out that the main character in that action movie like was actually the the, the guy killing like children or something like that. Like uh, it, it, John Wick, it's always going to be like, oh man, they did bad things, but John Wick's a good guy now. You're never going to have it be that like John Wick has actually been killing the younglings this whole time, uh, like Anakin did at the end of uh, the best the Star Wars movie. No, <laughs> oh god. Uh, but uh, uh, in 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 horror, like you can have more of a space to explore. Oh, James, like in Silent Hill 2, uh, James killed his wife. Like that is. Uh, or is it Henry? Fuck. Which one was Silent Hill 2's character? Oh, all the cool Silent, all the Silent Hill fans are going to be <laughs> mad at me for forgetting which one is is which. Uh, I do this all the time because I play all of them. Yeah, it's James. Uh, that, That's what I thought. Was, yeah, it was Leon. Leon Kennedy yeah. killed his wife. <laughs> yeah, Leon is Kennedy. Um, In our favorite voice. series, uh, uh, Dino Crisis. <laughs> dark, yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, James uh, killed his wife in the story. Right. And the question is whether he killed her because he was tired of taking care of her or he killed her because out of mercy. But like that, that the core principle of like he killed his wife doesn't change. And that's like something that horror will explore and the, the dark motivations of the character and they can explore that like act like Call of Duty will never like explore that. You know, it, it, it'll it'll have like good guy Americans fighting bad guy Russians. And like and they'll like they'll like get really close. Like I was thinking about the absurdity of uh, Black Ops, where it's like like the the whole game is set through like all but the last mission is set through the narrative of you're a man who's being like actively tortured by the CIA, uh, and that like they like. And, like, yeah, like, they're doing these secret wars in, uh, like, Laos and Cambodia and just doing all of these insanely evil things. And nothing ever comes of it. And they, they just kind of are like, yeah, that was all worthwhile. Um, we, we got the bad guy. And, like, like, but there is, like, just below the surface, there's a really interesting, like, maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe this isn't how we're supposed to... Uh, go about you know uh being a global superpower maybe this is this is a little weird and wrong um you know s smarter people than i can probably like think of a better way to go about doing it but like as it stands it's just like 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 yeah it's like jack ryan it's like yeah we're you know all of our organization all our organization does is nothing but evil stuff constantly um but when it pays off, like, a little bit, man, that was all worthwhile. Yeah, well, I mean, Jack Ryan Season 2 ends with them taking a Black Hawk, Black Hawk helicopter to the presidential palace 
and then killing like 50 guards before overthrowing a government. And we're all supposed to be applauding. And I'm like, what the fuck? But it's, it, it, but it's okay because there's a good lady that was running against the big bad dictator man and she's going to take over. It's all going to be okay. Thanks, America. Well, isn't that the, I mean, that's the brilliance of games like The Last of Us, right? Like where they kind of, that dichotomy of good versus evil is far, far gray, more gray. You know, yeah. like it's it's like, okay, yeah, the zombies are there, but it's not humans versus zombies, right? And The Walking Dead did an okay job of that as well, right? Where it's like, even the main characters have a pretty significant amount of blood on their hands, right? Like someone did the math and Joel throughout Last of Us 1 is potentially responsible, depending on how the math works out, for the death just through killing whoever you can kill in the game of like 13% of the remaining humanity, right? Like <laughs> of the remainder of humanity can die by Joel's hand specifically, depending including, on how you play the game. Yeah. Including like all of the members of the resistance, like the, the anti-authoritarian the one. Yeah. The fireflies, the fireflies. Uh, yeah. That, that's, he, he kills that's... their like head neurosurgeon. <laughs> like imagine a post-apocalyptic world and how many like neurosurgeons are left. <laughs> and he's like, now, not, now, now none of them. Now the brain is back to being like, uh, like how the Egyptians thought. It was like, yeah, it's just, it's just something there. We all think from the heart. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. The Last of Us was great, especially because it ends on that morally ambiguous note. Because it's like, yeah, they probably wouldn't have gotten anything out of, uh, you know, lobotomizing Ellie, but right. also. Uh, you'd massacre everybody. So, you know, games that make you feel emotions are good, especially if the emotions are complex, <laughs> I guess. Is, That's a bold stance. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> really? Um, games that make me feel emotions, uh, Apex Legends, getting really, really mad. That's a complex <laughs> emotion. Tekken 3. Tekken 3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um... And God, we're, we're going to broach into the fucking controversy around. First off, if you're currently upset about the story for Last of Us 2. And no, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Online, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Do not say anything. Oh, I'm spoiler, not going to spoil it. Spoiler alert. Uh, everybody in the Firefly. No, no. Took my headphones off. Joel kills I'm, everybody I'm just, in the Firefly. I'm just going to say, if you're upset about the story, you're dumb. Because it has, the game hasn't come out yet. And if you're like going online and flaming forums being like, the ending is terrible, all the stories terrible, you have no fucking idea because you haven't played the game. Like, if you're upset over the concept of spoilers for the ending, like, Jesus Christ. Like, every ending can work if there's proper context. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and but what you were saying, Leo, about The, the Last of Us 1 being so uh, wonderful is uh, because of the moral gray area. And that is definitely true because, you know, there are lines in uh, The Last of Us where he's like, how did you know that that was going to be an ambush? He's like, I've right. been, yeah, like he's I've been hunter. on both sides of that, you know? Yeah. And uh, like that is, and the, 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 that's the thing that was really great about the original Last of Us is that at the end of the game, you're not left with an answer about what if what he did was right or wrong. You're not like, it was correct for him to do this for the good of mankind, but it was how his character would do that. Like he, you can debate whether what he did was right or wrong, but that's real life is that you can debate in, in, in like real life of what, what, what someone did was right or wrong. Like, and there's no easy answer, but what we do have is the answer that that is what Joel would do in that situation. That is, he did what was right for him in that context. And, um, 
that's like an actual exploration, deeper exploration of character. And if, if like, if what your takeaway from that was, was like, I like Joel, he's the good guy and he must be the hero <laughs> of every game. Like you're an idiot. Like That's what I think. You know, it's, it's funny because like when you look at the gameplay mechanics of a game, like the last of us, it's built really well. I mean, it's a fun game. And the dialogue scenes are really well captured. Clearly, a lot of time and effort was put into making it fun to play and engaging in the story and everything. But like where it differentiates itself from a lot of the franchises that we were talking about with like Call of Duty and a lot of the more like AAA games is just the quality of writing and clearly the amount of work that went into the concepts of the game before the game was even starting to be developed. Right. Like if you. I, as a voice actor, I, I cringe sometimes because like, I know that there are really great voice actors out there performing performances that then people look at and go, oh, that, that's so ham fisted and gross and weird. And I know the truth that oftentimes it's like you have kind of a, an okay director or the script was really clunky or, you know, like, I don't know. There, there, there's, there are so many things that can go wrong. And there are so many things that I think game studios don't always prioritize. But if you prioritize those sorts of heavy ethical questions, you'll leave a game that is feels better. And people will forgive, I think, like clunky handling. If like, I, I don't know. I talk to people about like the Metal Gear Solid game franchise, which I am tremendously embarrassed to say that I have not played. But people revere those games. And then I watch gameplay and it's like, wait are we talking about the same thing? Cause it looks like clunky and kind of like a movie. You're kind of watching a, you're watching characters talk on like dialogue screens, but these are revered as masterpieces because Hideo Kojima's a crazy genius. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Jesse, you played metal gear solid, correct? Uh, all but the first one. Oh, you haven't played the original. I have not. I did not have a PS4. Are you talking about Metal Gear or Metal Gear Solid that you haven't played the original? Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Gear okay. Um, I mean, I know, like, what it's about. But, yeah, like, you know, it is weird because, like, um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. But, like, depth of character is definitely done with purpose. Like, it's hard to believe that uh, Last of Us and Uncharted are done by the same, like, like Naughty Dog. Because Uncharted has the character death depth of crash bandicoot. Like there is nothing there. Like, like there is no moral ambiguity. There's no, uh, there's barely any tension. Um, whereas like with, uh, metal gear solid, like you, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Ted, you're probably better at putting it into words than I am. Like, uh, you're talking about Metal Gear Solid versus, or The Last of Us versus uh, uh, Uncharted or Metal Gear Solid? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit lost. Just like, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, just like a, a game that has the, the character depth versus a game that doesn't, and how, like, that's definitely. Well, pe- people in- often forget that, like, character depth doesn't usually come from a single line. Like, character depth comes from, like, the overall characterization over a period of time, which is what, like, a lot of western games forget and what a lot of japanese games uh excel at because western games are usually better at having like subtle nuanced individual moments japanese games are in general dog shit at that um like if you watch an anime no one's ever just like okay that okay uh, full metal alchemist that scene where he's saying that like it's it's raining today 
And you, you know what I'm talking about, that scene, right, Jesse? You've seen uh, Full Metal Alchemist, right? Yes, yeah, I know the scene. Where he's saying, like, it's raining, and then it's not because he's just crying, and he's like, he, he won't admit that he's crying. It's like, that's that's a subtle scene, like, incredibly subtle for a Japanese production. So, um, But most of them are, like, Goku being like, ah, Vegeta, you, I will not let you blow up Earth! Ah! Like, that's how most anime works. But, like, you get a sense of, of Goku's character over years of being exposed to it. And so a lot of JRPGs will have these incredibly robust characters um, and that you'll see a lot of over a large period of time and the world eventually grows on you. Like uh, Code Vein will give you this grand world and you'll see a certain character through like 10 different lenses of these blood memories. And there's not a single well-written line in the entire game. But overall you get a sense of who the character is. And that's what Metal Gear Solid is like, is that you'll have these like really overdramatic moments, but by, by being exposed to Snake... Biocells, son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but having um, these characters like exposed over the course of the game, you'll eventually get that. But because uh, American or, uh, you know, specifically Western uh, media is more focused on these individual well-written moments, you'll have these characters that are introduced. They'll have maybe seven lines in the whole game and then they'll be, you know, killed off for dramatic effect. Whereas in Japanese games, it's much less likely that the character is going to be killed off for dramatic effect, um, which is why it was like so shocking. Like, okay, Final Fantasy VII, Aerith dying was a big fucking deal. Whoa, you know, wait, it was like, like, oh shit. Spoiler alert. Shut the fuck up. But yeah, oh yeah, because some people are only exposed to the remake. Which has <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, you know, Aerith dies. Whereas if, if Final Fantasy VII was a Western game, that whole cast would be dead and, and, and Cloud would be the only one left by the end of like the first game and he might die too. And the second one would be some like side character, you know, it's like, that's just how uh, call of duty style games work. Well, we're, we're also, I mean, we're kind of dancing around the subject of genre as well, because like, again, I, I when I, when I look at a game like uncharted, it's, it's like Indiana Jones gallivanting around the world, mysteries, solving them. It's this like rumpus and adventure, right? Like, the, the, I think the ideal audience member for an Uncharted game doesn't look for that crazy moral ambiguity of something like Last of Us in the same way that, like, the the audience uh, of, like, I don't know, the most recent season of Pokemon is not looking for, like, Ash to stab someone in the neck in, in a moment <laughs> of, like, violent rage. Now, some people might very much want that. Um, but in general, I think genre is definitely worth considering in these sorts of conversations because... JRPGs are, have the have the benefit of an audience that has been conditioned over, you know, decades of media to accept that. Okay, I know that this scene is clunky, but I'm going to keep playing for another few hours. And oh my god, this character is really coming to life. Versus maybe a, a someone who's used to Western games being like, "What do you mean biocells react to negative, you know, physical trauma? That's so dumb." They throw the <laughs> controller and they go eat at McDonald's and, and, and I don't know, com- yeah. complain on Reddit. <laughs> well, I, I think that actually that loops back, back into what I was saying earlier, which is that horror as a genre explores yeah. these types of issues better. Like, you know, uh, Jesse, what you were saying about it's, it's kind of crazy that Naughty Dog it made it both Uncharted and The Last of Us. But the people that are looking for an Uncharted game are looking for a very different narrative experience than The Last of Us. And a lot of that has to do with genre, which is why you get these deeper characters in um, – the last of us than you do in uh uh you know uncharted and i will say that uh if you think that nathan drake is a super deep character uh you're wrong so 
Um, he's a fun character. He he is like an anime. You know, you, you've spent five games with this uh, Nathan Drake character, and by the end, gosh, golly, I'm so glad he gets to sit down with his wife and tell his kid a story. Like, yeah, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. He's not super deep. The story <laughs> is uh, we killed maybe five thousand people. Your wife and I, or my wife and I, <laughs> your mother and I. Um, yeah, yeah. Genre is definitely important to consider. What was I saying? Uh, something about uh, dread, maybe. Maybe an X. I mean, the conversation started with uh, talking about doing more, like you Di- were setting dinosaurs, up dinosaurs, right? right. I, I, dinosaurs. I, don't, I, I haven't actually forgotten what I was talking about. I was, I was being uh, slightly <laughs> funny. Um, although now I do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I just think that uh, you know, genre <laughs> is is important. So that's why when we were writing. This, this story, we were trying to uh, make it so that it was it was vague, but also, you know, tried to set up for a deeper world. Because, you know, with horror, I think it's important to give people something to dive into. Whereas, like, Call of Duty, like, you actually can set the Call of Duty plot all down on, a, like, a table and figure out every piece. And there's this deep, robust world. But, like, what do you get out of it if you did? Like, you're still just, like, man shoot. Like, it doesn't... Like the, the the enjoyment that someone gets out of figuring out the whole Call of Duty story versus someone that played Call of Duty is like basically the same enjoyment. Uh, whereas you know uh, the the Call of Duty Zombies mode, there's this like really super robust like crazy under the radar plot that people have been figuring out for years, and they get way more of an experience out of that than 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 just the people who are just shooting the zombies and that's kind of the core dichotomy of horror even within the same franchise the horror element has this far more robust story that people can get more out of than the the non-horror side of the franchise whoa i'm so smart look at me i just blew all your minds <laughs> fucking nerds hadn't even thought about that shit had you whoa go back to watch your five nights at freddy's theory videos bro i'm here <laughs> talking about call of duty and making good points get dunked on <laughs> anyways uh <laughs> Jesse, what questions do you have? Uh, how's your day been? Oh, my day's been great. <laughs> That's good to hear. The, 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 da- the daily grind of, of uh, auditions and editing and writing and producing and, and all sorts of fun stuff, definitely. Uh, what's, what's, your, what's your white whale uh, voice acting role? What's, what's, uh, what's, a, what's, your, what's your ideal character you'd play? So I I am very quick to sing the praises. There's this voice actor, Patrick Seitz, who is not often like when I say his name, people aren't like, oh, yeah, totally. But like he's voiced a bunch of characters that people have heard. And he's he's definitely been around. And if you watch anime uh, ever in English, you've heard him. I love his characters like his characters are exactly the sorts of characters that I want to be and record. Um, Oftentimes, you know, I think as an actor, we can make the mistake sometimes of allowing the field of voice acting and the field of acting to be like an excuse for catharsis at the expense of like the quality of performance. Um, but inevitably, like I am not a super loud, aggressive person in, in my life. So when I get the sort of permission to be like an orc or like when I get permission to be like, I don't know, some, some massive big character like that is so much fun. Um, oftentimes that's just, that's just a very, very fun experience. So like 
when I think about the characters that I would love to put on my sort of on my mantle as as trophies, um, you know, I think about certain people that I would like to work with. Like I just played. Um, did, did did either of you play a Return of the Obra Din? I did. I've not. Yeah. I hear it's great. Yeah, it's oh, great. It's so good. Lucas Pope like killed it. The music was amazing. The voice acting was very fun. Like I would love to do a Lucas Pope game, right? Or, um, or yeah, I think about things like I would love to work with Blizzard because like I've met, uh, Andrea Toyas and she was amazing to work with and described a process and talked about a process that she went through for like Overwatch and World of Warcraft and Hearthstone that sounded just like the like the peak of the peak. So I, that that's the sort of thing that comes to mind. But um, basically, whenever it is, hopefully far, far, far in the future, when Patrick Seitz kind of uh, breathes a heavy breath and removes his cape and decides to, you know, retire to directing or teaching, I, I, I hope to be there to <laughs> do some of those incredible roles. I will say he did. Um, did either of you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Do you want? You, you started speaking in, Jesse. Did you watch it uh, in English or Japanese? I did not. I watched it in Japanese. There, there wasn't oh, okay. an English option when I watched it. To be fair, to- totally fair. And and honestly, when it comes to the, the like dubbing versus subbing debate, I I take no stance. Um, I will say he's the voice of Dio Brando Ooh, in nice. the uh, in the English dub, and he. <laughs> kills it he fucking kills it and it's so great so uh yeah i'm 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 sort of in that in that pocket what uh what advice would you give to aspiring voice actors i'm sure it's uh far from an easy uh industry to get into yeah um know that it takes a super long time you have to do it for fun before anybody will ever pay you for it um be humble take lots of acting classes take all of the feedback, even the feedback that hurts your feelings because in inside sometimes like, like I work with this one director who's frankly mean. Um, but even when he's like being kind of a jerk, he's giving me valuable resources that I can use to build myself for the next role or the next job. And maybe that valuable resource is how to deal with someone who's being a jerk and not like burn bridges for no reason. Um, or maybe that, that thing that I'm learning is how do I, get my way to a place of not having to take that because you don't deserve to be, you know, kind of verbally abused by anybody ever. Um, I would say like the roadmap for voice actors, especially in video games is like play games or watch gameplay, like listen to what you're hearing, watch movies, study the great actors in film because acting is acting no matter the, the, the sort of genre. And we are getting to a place where like I watched recently the last of us one, as a movie right where they just stitch together the gameplay that you need to un- see to understand the the uh cut scenes but then just cut scenes and it works it works as a six hour movie which is just wild like if you think about you know i, I don't know there's so many games that would just not work in that way um we're getting to that point where film and, and movies especially with mocap video games becoming more and more uh a thing and becoming cheaper and cheaper for game studios to have access to so I would say my advice for aspiring voice actors, uh, especially in video games, is take acting classes and take that really seriously because it doesn't matter how many funny voices you can do. If you can't, if you if you sound exactly like Mickey Mouse, but you can't be Mickey Mouse crying, 
it doesn't matter. No one's going to hire you for that. God, so I want to hear Mickey Mouse cry. Just I my the temptation is always to do it. I won't because my Mickey <laughs> Mouse is terrible. But the but, <laughs> that's, that's actually nice. not bad. <laughs> you got you got the job, I son. I actually can't do uh, any voice acting normal, but if you need any character to be sad and crying, <laughs> I'm your man. I had this joke. I was doing scratch audio for an animated f- feature. They just needed like better performance than what they had. Like, um, and I, I the char- my character was like the father of the main character, and I had to be really disappointed. And we were doing like one or two takes per line. And we got to this line where I had, I had to say something like, you know, I, I expected more of you, son. You know, and I, and I delivered the line. And the director who was in Hong Kong was like, wow, that was incredible disappointment. Like just on the nose, dis- that was great. And I, I kind of made the joke. I'm like, I just feel bad for my kids eventually because <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> equipped to do that. I'm just naturally it comes very naturally to me it's just being really disappointed in whoever i'm talking to <laughs> <laughs> and for the record uh when you were saying that you're gonna have to do it for fun before anyone pays you i did pay you for this i'm not yes yes, yes 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 very <laughs> it's to be very clear yes um but for people to understand the scope of things like i think you know i spent years and my, my journey was a little weird because I came at everything from professional choral singing. So I had years of like vocal control and performance and uh, before I started looking at voice acting. But once I started voice acting a little bit more seriously, um, it was about like two and a half years of really working hard, like, you know, between 40 and 70 hours a week of something of of work or working on you know, taking classes and taking a lot of coaching, spending a lot of money on building my craft. And even then, like I still audition for stuff and don't book it and that's okay. And that's part of it. And one of the first lessons you learn is like, you know, focus on the craft, get better every day, right? Like you will have opportunities. Those opportunities will come to you as you're working. You have to find some of them. But if you are not on top of your craft and you are not able to provide the service that people want you to provide when they ask you to provide it, you're not going to book the job. And that's okay. That's totally okay. But just know that the arithmetic there is actually pretty simple. It's like, did you do the work? Did you work really hard? Did you take all the feedback you could? Did you work on your craft? Are you great? And if the answer is yes to all of those things, you'll, you will find work. Yeah. I think that, um, what you something that you mentioned there that a lot of people don't think about is like just having a good voice isn't good enough. Like you have to like learn the acting chops. Cause I will say that, um, putting out the call on, on Twitter to just get like a bunch of people to send me voice samples. The, the number one thing that really killed it was that like, there's a lot of people that had good voices, but they just had no ability to inflect, to kind of put any kind of emotion to it. Or they were really overblown, like, uh, anime from like the eighties overblown, like, <laughs> And uh, this is like the the people that like used to voice act for projects on Newgrounds. Like, damn it, Stephen, how dare you? Like that that was right. their like go to. And um, I got some actually really good performances from the Twitter. So I don't want to like actually shit on any of the people that like sent me stuff. Um, and there are people that I would like to bring back for a future project to bring yeah. in. But um, yeah, it's like that. The thing is, like every once in a while, I'd be like, wow, this this person when they're reading 
one thing and they were sending me this voice sample of one thing that they had. I was like, wow, they sound really good. And then I'd send them something. I was like, here, read this as though you're this character. And they couldn't do it like not like 110% hammy. Like they couldn't even like, even when I was like, do it more subtle, do it more subtle. Like they couldn't nail that at all. And it is hard to nail subtle at times, but um, like if you're, if you're looking to get into voice acting, you do actually have to take like, well, don't have to, but it does behoove you to take acting classes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, I have the voice that I was born with and I have the voice that is the result of years of training and practice and knowing how to use my instrument. But like I did an audition uh, and I, I, well, I can't say too much about it, but I, I did an audition like a month ago and the characters were like 11 year old boys. Like, and I, I really, really struggle with like young kids. Like I can, I would say convincingly I can do down to like 17, 18, depending on the script. But like, to do like 11 year old, like 11 years old, oftentimes, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of women voice young boy characters in cartoons and anime. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the other thing. Like when I take, I, you know, I've taken so, so many classes in New York and I meet a lot of voice actors and there are people who, when they talk to me, have the most unremarkable voice I've ever heard. But then they get into the booth and what they do with their voice is absolute magic. Like, they bring such vitality and life to their characters. They commit. It's like, it's just wild. And then when I talk to them and I say, you've never done voiceover before. What did you do before this? And they're like, oh, I did stand-up comedy or I did, uh, I was an actor or like I did theater acting, you know? And it's all from that like place of truth and a place of understanding character and then speaking from that place of character. And there are roles in voiceover for every single type of voice kind of full stop you know like that it's it's not so much like you have to have this kind of voice to be a voice actor um you do have to be able to be told no a thousand times and still want to do it uh which is hard but yeah no no i i think that myth of you need to have a nice voice is is pretty easy to dispel yeah yeah no i think that that, that's a fair point um there's a great character in the comic series uh preacher who's called Assface because he blew off his jaw with a shotgun and he's super ugly and no one likes him and he's really gross. And, uh, but he gets a gig as a punk rock singer and people just think he's fucking great. So, you know, even if you, uh, you just got to find your niche. Yeah. If that, you know, listen, if that happens to you now, you know what to do. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening guys. Uh, Jesse, you got anything else? Uh, nope. I think I'm good. Okay. Well, Leo, uh, yeah. I gotta get going because I gotta get back to showing people this game because I, I don't get to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, Leo, thanks you so much for uh, tuning in, man. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you want to hear uh, Leo's lovely uh, vocal chops, you can hear him soon. You can, well, you can play him right now in Receiver Two uh, or yeah. in the Dread X Collection, which will either come out tomorrow or yesterday. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> uh, we have decided when the game's coming out. We haven't decided when the podcast is coming out. So. Uh, and then uh, hopefully you'll hear him again uh, in the future quite soon. Um, so, yeah, Leo, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, totally. Happy to. And uh, if you all want to check out more about the DreadX collection, you can find it on Steam right now. Go ahead and add it to your wish list if you hadn't yet. Uh, every ad helps. It helps Steam promote us. Uh, and, you know, just check it out. It's only 7 bucks. 2 bucks of that goes to Doctors Without Borders. And uh, so you get 10 great games for just, you know, Seven bucks. So pretty easy sell. And uh, if you want to hear any of our previous podcast episodes, 
you can go ahead and uh, check out uh, any of the links in uh, the 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 Dread X collection 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 that we have collected on the Dread X site. You'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Just listen to all of them. They're all great, and uh, uh, my brain's melted. So, uh, guys, I will hear you all soon. See you all. I won't hear you. You'll hear me. You'll hear me soon when we uh, interview someone else. Uh, and we actually also recently had our most recent episode of the actual Real Professional Regular podcast. Talked to Michael Michelle Michelle Giannoni, Italian name about Daymare 1998. So uh, check that one out. It was a great one. And uh, yeah, just keep checking back every week because we always got new stuff. So uh, I'll see you all soon. Bye. Other paleo elements? Like other paleo mammalians? Paleo-mammalians? 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 Paleo-mammalians?